Well, it's not even 7 a.m. and things are already in danger of going off the rails here on Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright. Happy Friday to you. It is our first Friday of the month of November. It is November 3rd at 7 a.m. And uh, we've got quite the morning in store for you. It's a first Friday Roadmap Roundup today. And we'll say hello to Dan Vanderhoor and Corey Grizzle here in a moment. But uh, first, we want to pray. And, and, and then we'll have... Uh, Tom Foolery. Prayer first, Tom Foolery second. That's that's the way of things here on Roadmap to Heaven. We pray our first Friday prayers and our morning offering in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, Behold us prostrate before you, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which your loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts, we humbly ask your pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation, not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who strain far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow you, their shepherd and leader, or renouncing the promises of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of your law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against you. We are now determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty and unbecoming dress and behavior, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for frequent violations of Sundays and holy days, and the shocking blasphemies uttered against you and your saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults to which your vicar on earth and your priests are subjected, for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege of the very sacrament of your divine love, and lastly, for the public crimes of nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the church which you have founded. Would that we were able to wash away such abominations with our blood. We now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor the satisfaction you once made to the Eternal Father on the cross and which you continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of your Virgin Mother and all the saints and of the pious faithful on earth, and we sincerely promise to make recompense as far as we can with the help of your grace for all neglect of your great love and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unswerving faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to the best of our power to prevent others from offending you and to bring as many as possible to follow you. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mother, our model and reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation, and by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death and our duty and the allegiance we owe to you, so that we may all one day come to that happy home where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, what a what a beautiful chilly morning. Not as chilly as it was, I don't know, two days ago, but a, a beautiful morning it is out there, Dan Vonderhart. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, two days ago I was in Naples, Florida. So okay, never mind. What not, a beautiful it, day it is it out there, Corey Grizzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a much more beautiful day than it was two days ago. But in, I, I know, in, well, you were a little 
southern, but my my daughter lives in Tampa, so it was it was a good fifty degrees. She was she was saying this was nice. I thought you were going to say you're a little southern because I live in South City and you live in St. Charles County, you which are a little te- southern. technically it's like a is a little country. north. You know that, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's a, we might as well be on a different continent. Hey, we want to let you know that tonight, uh, or not tonight, tomorrow and Sunday at Holy Infant Parish. You are invited to join the Eucharistic Revival Movement. The Eucharistic Revival is a national movement to restore understanding and devotion to the Eucharist, the greatest gift God has ever given us. The person of Jesus Christ is at the heart of this movement, inviting us to deepen our relationship with him through the Eucharist. So it's an exciting time to be Catholic. Holy Infant will be participating in this revival and has planned several programs during the coming year. We invite They invite us all to attend these kickoff events. November 4th through 5th, Eucharistic Miracles exhibit after all Masses in the Upper Cafeteria. Donuts will be served. <coughs> Pardon me. And November 5th, the Eucharist, the Pledge and Prize of Eternal Life, presented by Father Stephen Schumacher, moderated by St. Joseph Radio host Peter Karutz, who you hear on our airwaves yep. sometimes, uh, 6.30 to 8 p.m. in the upper cafeteria. This, is that like the upper room? Yeah. I, I haven't like been it. out there It's before. a big upper room. It's not a small upper it's, room. It's a wonderful happening parish, though. It, it is. It's a great place. Our kids uh, went to grade school there. And if you have not heard Father Schumacher speak, mm. you got to go. Yeah. If, if that's a new name to you. No. Uh, then you gotta go. If it's, it's not amazing. a new name to you, then you gotta then go. You gotta go. If, you're, if you're a regular you listener of Roadmap yeah. to Heaven and you've yeah. heard him on this show before, you know you've got to go. go. And if you happen to be a parishioner of his, you know you, you, you gotta you've got to go. Yeah. Whether I, have we come up with a reason not to go? No, you know, no reasons not to go. Even if you live in Tampa. Maybe it's worth coming back. Naples, yeah. I'm not paying for the ticket, however. Well, we're going to get you a check of the weather to find out if it's going to be uh, Naples or Tampa-esque here in our listening area. When we come back, we're going to be talking about orienting our lives to the church's calendar in uh, all souls, all saints, and some more November-esque topics. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven uh, well, do we have weather today? That's, I should have asked that beforehand. There's we, always we, weather. We do have weather. <laughs> we have, we have, a, we have a report on it. We do. Let's go to that now. Today is the feast day of St. Martin de Porres. Born in Peru in the late 16th century, he was also born into poverty. The illegitimate son of a Spanish nobleman and Anna Velasquez, a freed slave, his father abandoned them both, leaving Anna alone to raise Martin and his sister. When he was 12, Martin became an apprentice to a surgeon who was also a barber, not an uncommon combination in those days. As a result, he learned to care for the sick. In the process, he also began to pray for them, leading Martin into a deep relationship with the Lord at a very young age. He felt called to the priesthood, but there were laws at the time preventing descendants of slaves from joining religious orders and taking vows. In his humility, Martin asked to be allowed to join the Dominican Priory as a lay helper. For the next eight years, he cut hair, scrubbed floors, and attended to the needs of everyone in the community, greatly impressing the prior, Father Juan de Lorenzana. When Martin asked the prior to allow him to become a professed brother, he said yes, but not all agreed. Other Dominicans treated him severely, calling him names, taunting him, even disrupting his sleep. Still, Martin persisted in his care for them with humility and love. At one point, when the priory fell into financial trouble, Martin offered himself for sale as a slave. He was at least spared that cruelty. In his mid-thirties, Martin was put in charge of the infirmary. Over time, many of his fellow Dominicans began to seek his spiritual direction, and one of those was St. Rose of Lima. Martin was asked to help support the priory by raising money. 
Proving he had a great gift for fundraising, he not only helped the Priory, but brought in thousands of dollars for poor girls who had no dowries and wanted to marry or enter the convent. He died on this day in 1639. St. Martin de Porres, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, I would like to start off this morning by saying how lucky the two of you are, as are all of our listeners right now, that I could not find in the music licensing database this Matthew West song that the kids and I started listening to the other day. It's uh, it's an earworm. I'm just going to say that. So if you look this up, be be warned. It is an earworm. It's going to be in your head for the rest of the month. But it's it's a song for November, and it's all about how you know as much as we love Christmas, it is not. Christmas, just because Halloween's over. Uh, It's November. On the secular holiday calendar, next we have Veterans Day and Thanksgiving, which, you know, we're Catholic every day is Thanksgiving, just without the the turkey on most of the 365 days of the year. Uh, But for us Catholics, we also have coming up, you know, we're in the last stretch of ordinary time. We've got uh, Christ the King coming up, our, our brothers and sisters in the church who celebrate the old calendar. They've already celebrated Christ the King. And, uh, you know, then after that, it, it's still not Christmas, it's Advent, a whole time of preparation. And I have to laugh because, you know, even on my social media, people are posting these pictures of the, it, it's like a two-month calendar view of November and December, and around the three days around Thanksgiving, it's circled, it says Thanksgiving, and then the rest is circled in one really odd shape, and it says Christmas, <laughs> and they stop on the 24th of December. And I'm like, y- you stopped before actual Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you forgot the rest of Christmas that comes after that. Uh, There's a, you know, I get it. Uh, I, I, the other night driving home from Springfield, Illinois, when uh, I was actually very frightened because the weather was not great. It was pouring down rain. Uh, I have been told by many, and I've heard exorcists say this, that the devil hates sacred Christmas music because it speaks to the glory and the beauty and the power of the incarnation. So I was playing that. For the sole mm-hmm. purpose of keeping demons away, right? You know, um, right. but there's a certain joy and necessity for orienting our lives to the church's calendar. Otherwise, we're going to get, you know, it's kind of like Dan going down to Florida and getting all used to the weather down there and then coming back and realizing, oh, wait, it is winter. You know, right. we're going to get out of We're going to get out of the routine here. Dan, how does the calendar help you yeah, in that I, regard? You know, it, it is interesting uh, because I will get in and out of rhythm with the church's calendar. So, um, but when I'm in rhythm with the calendar, right, I'm looking, oh, that's right. You know, I have a Holy Day obligation coming up. I need to plan for that, right? I need to think about it. So, you know, I was in Naples Mm -hmm. for, you know, All Saints Day. So found a church, went to mass. I always loved doing that. Um, And things just seem, the cadence of life just seems to be good when I'm rolling it through the church's calendar. Um, when I'm not, things just don't have the, the same rhythm. They're, they're, they're just kind of herky jerky. So, um, and, and I think about it in terms of before all of the media we have today, how did people orient their time? Mm-hmm. And it was through the church's calendar. Right. Right. Well, the church was our, our culture long ago, right? That was our culture. And so it was 
ingrained in everything we do. Now what's ingrained in everything we do is what? Social media and the retail shops we walk through and the advertisements we see every, I mean, how many times, I know there's research on how many times you're bombarded with just advertisements all the time. And so that is, that's what gets into us. Like those, those retailers are telling us, you need to get ready. You need to get ready. You need to get ready. And, and that's be, buying, buying your gifts, you know, and, and the cadence of my life is chaos always. It's, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I don't get peppered with, with business trips here and there, but I just get peppered with all day long, somebody needing me for something else all day long, every day. And so, you know, now's the time when I really do need to think about, I have to start getting all of the gifts ready. And I've, I've got a, a nice little organized way to do that now, but it's, it's still chaos. I, I love, I love what <laughs> so. you say, consume our life through the church's calendar. Yes. You know, not through the secular calendar. Yep. I, I love that. Yeah. And, and it's, we have to live in this world, right? So we do give gifts and that is something that is good to give gifts and to give of ourselves. Um, but we don't need to be consumed with giving so many gifts or giving the best gift or all the time just partying, partying, partying until the day of Christmas. And we're like, okay, now we're done. Like, I just, I feel such a letdown every time after Christmas and I shouldn't. So you have to orient yourself to the calendar and say, this is not Christmas. This is Advent. We are still preparing, we're preparing our hearts more than preparing our right. houses. And we're not even to that yet. I mean, this is one of the beautiful things that, you know, there, there's another Matthew West song, The Beautiful Things We Miss. It's not about the church calendar. It's about other things in life. But, uh, you know, this month of November, especially as we focus on All Souls Day, which mm-hmm. was yesterday, All mm-hmm. Saints Day, we celebrate all the saints that we may not know that they're up there in heaven, um, but they are, and they're interceding for us. And now we're praying for the souls of all the faithful departed. But also, it, depending on the, where we're at in the cycle of readings, which are the three-year cycles or, or which calendar we're in, um, this is a month of November that we focus a lot on eschatology and mm-hmm. the last things. And the, especially as we get closer to Christ the King, we're going to get more and more oriented to that, that, you know, one day we are going to die, one day we are going to be judged, and one of two destinations awaits. It's it's not try which one you like, and then if you want to switch, mm-hmm. you have the opportunity. Once you die, that's it, right? And if we're so focused on uh, Deck the Halls right now that we're not contemplating Memento Mori, we're out of rhythm. We're, we're, we're off the beat. And as a musician, I can tell you there is nothing worse than being out of rhythm. <laughs> Uh, it, it will, in the end, you may not know it, but it'll be driving you crazy. And there are times before I've been playing in a band that one of us is just slightly out of beat. And we can't, we don't know what's wrong, but we know something's wrong. And so I, you know, I, especially with now that we have a uh, second grader again this year, it's the fourth mm-hmm. time on this rodeo, uh, a week from Monday is first reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And that's the priority for us right now is to ponder Memento mori, that one day we will die, and if we die in a state of unrepentant mortal sin, it's not going to be pleasant what comes next. I think you nailed it with that, that phrase that, you know, we're out of rhythm, and I can't put my finger on it, but something's just not quite right. Mm-hmm. And that's how a lot of us feel. Sometimes, you know, I, oh, yeah. I, I'm not where I know I'm not where I want to be, but I can't put my finger on it, something's not quite right. That is the time to right. orient yourself to the church's calendar. Absolutely. Just, just given mm-hmm. to the church's calendar and then that what what doesn't feel right will suddenly start to feel right yeah it's amazing once you turn into that and you go and even just the smallest thing of let's let's look up on on usccb and and find out what is the what is today's feast day what is what are the readings for today what is the, what is sometimes you just have to do the absolute minimum so what is the absolute minimum i can do 
and find that out and just just read the readings for today and, and just take a deep breath. Before we go to the break here, I want to show you something else on the uh, share with you something else on this. Uh, we had a holy day of obligation this past Wednesday. And if you go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, great book, everyone should have one. It says in paragraph 2185, on Sundays and other holy days of obligation, the faithful are to refrain from engaging in work or activities that hinder the worship owed to God, the joy proper to the Lord's day, the performance of the works of mercy, and the appropriate relaxation of mind and body. Family needs or important social service can legitimately excuse from the obligation of Sunday rest. The faithful should see to it that legitimate excuses do not lead to habits prejudicial to religion, family life, and health. So for us, uh, there were some family needs that, that crept up that we needed to do some work around the house for our own sanity. Because much like you, Corey, we, we live a life of chaos. My wife is the chaos coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, and But other than that, there was all the stuff I wanted to get accomplished because I took the day off from work, went to 8 o'clock mass. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do And I said, no. No, mm-hmm. the church wants me to do this today. Now, I wanted to enjoy the extra hours to go out and do X, Y, and Z. I am so glad that I made that a day of rest and that I made last Sunday a day of rest because especially coming back from working all day Saturday, there was so much of them like, all right, I've got to get this done today. I've got to go do this. I've got to go do that. I've got to go do the other thing. And I just said, no, I'm going to turn it over. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that sometimes I get a little conceited. I'm like, see, God, what I am doing for you, <laughs> I, I am giving you this day. And really, it's like, no, see, Adam, what I'm doing for you, right. I, I'm ordering you to rest because you need it. Yeah. You need it. It's like when my kids use, I'm not tired. I don't need to take a nap. <laughs> and then they pass out. You know, it's like, I, I told you to take a nap because I knew you needed it. Yeah. You know, we're going to take a break here because we know you need it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, here's Matt Marr with the uh, with the Lord's Prayer. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about this month of November. Daily Offering God the Father, I thank Thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank Thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to Thee, and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O blessed Trinity, abundantly assist me in becoming that which thou intended me to become when thou created me. For in thy perfection I will give thee the glory thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Friday morning, November 3rd. It's our Roadmap Roundup. I'm Adam Wright, joined by Corey Grizzle and Dan Vonderhaar. Corey, did you see Dan's styling car out there in the parking lot this morning? It's kind of dark this morning. So, yeah, I did see this. Yeah, there there. Shout out to Dad. I'm, drive, I'm driving the family Cadillac today, and Adam honored us with an image up on the screen here in the studio of, a, of an old-time radio. Yeah, does, yeah. Thank you. My dad will be proud. He, yeah. he thanks you. What, what year is that car? That's a 2011 Cadillac. Oh, it's a beauty. You know, I, I think of the things that I've I always wanted from my parents or my grandparents. And, uh, you know, there there's a couple things in my mom and dad's house that I don't want to take possession of them anytime soon. But when the day comes, I'm like, you know, that, that would be really cool if that ended up in our house. And I have a, a bunch of great mementos uh, handed down from my grandmother. You know, growing up, my, my dad's parents died before I was even in the womb. 
And my mom's dad died while I was in the womb. So I only knew my maternal grandmother. And I've got her rosary. I've got her chair that she sat in all of the time praying her rosary and drinking her Diet Coke. Um, I've got my grandfather's um, Navy cap. He was, I, I think he was an E7 in the Navy. He, he got up there as an enlisted man. And uh, most recently, and probably most exciting, when he died, the Knights of Columbus, as they're known to do, gave the parish a chalice inscribed on the bottom underneath it. It says, in honor of Sir Knight John Henry Hipwell McCartney, John H.H. McCartney, um, and they, they gave that to the parish upon his passing. Well, at a certain point, the parish had accumulated, I don't know how many of these, it was a big parish. And they called my grandma and they said, you know, we have way too many of these. Uh, we were going to start sending them to other parishes unless there's something you'd like to do with it. For some reason, we took it back into our possession, right, which is kind of an odd thing for a family to have a chalice. We didn't know what to do with it until recently um, our, our kid's school wants to start a vocation chalice program and they were looking for a chalice. And I said, you know, actually, I got I, I can make this happen here. Uh, actually, my mom made it happen. I did I have nothing to do with it. She was the one that said I would be happy to give it to that. And I just think about the gift that is for the kids that, you know, uh, the Knights gave the chalice to my grandmother because her and grandpa were people of faith. It's handed down through the family. And now there are going to be all these kids praying for their own vocations with this chalice. What an incredible, mm -hmm. uh, just little, little gift that is. It's nothing in comparison to, you know, like the, the many days after school, because I went to her house every day after school from I think third or fourth grade all the way through to eighth grade. Uh, and she, you know, she was the one that if it was a snow day, I'd go to her house. She'd drag me to church. Grandma, there's a foot of snow. We live right behind the church here, Adam. I'm walking to church. You're walking with me. Uh, taught me the rosary. Taught me all of these things. Told me you're going to serve as many masses as you can because Mr. Maher said so and I said so too. And uh, I, I wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. Sitting in this chair right now on Catholic Radio mm -hmm. without her. I say that quite often. Who are some of those people in your lives that, you know, you wouldn't be here practicing your faith if it weren't for the gifts that they have handed down mm -hmm. through the years? So um, my I've, I've spoken before many times. My parents um, are very, very devout Catholics. Um, my mother especially. Um, she grew up Catholic. My, my dad was a convert. Um, but they they definitely drove the culture in our family to what is important, and uh, Sunday Mass was always important, making sure that um, we went to Catholic school, making sure that we participated in all of um, the Catholic devotions that were important to her. Um, my mother was a, a docent for the shrine of uh, St. Philippine and St. Charles, and she grew a very deep devotion to um, Mother uh, Philippine. And uh, just watching that throughout the years um, was very important to me. Um, as you're mentioning in, in objects that were, were handed down, um, my, my uh, husband's grandmother um, died in 2005, and it was very, very special it was the, um, for us. We actually got to go and witness that on Christmas Day because she was surrounded by family, and um, there was a, a wall rosary in her hallway that I admired all the time. As I walked through, it was the perfect size. It was the perfect shape. It was very um, just, just simple. And I looked for other wall rosaries, and they were too much, too big, too just, I didn't like any of them. And so I'd mentioned to Todd, and I'd mentioned to, you know, his mom and, and to his grandma, and, and just like, I love that rosary. I just, I just love that rosary. I want to find one just like it, you know. And on the day she died, she was, it was Christmas Day, so we were all um, in there and saying our goodbyes. And, and, uh, and my, my mother-in-law walked up behind me with the box 
of this rosary mm-hmm. off the wall. So before she died, she said, Grandma wants you to have this. And so it hangs in our bedroom, and we look at it all the time. We know that she had a very deep faith ah, as well. Adam, you promote uh, devotion to the rosary uh, on Covenant Network constantly, which is a great thing. And how many of these connections are rosary-based? And it's another reason to bring this devotion in, into your life. Um, I think of my grandma. She uh, grew these little rosary beads, like these peas, this mm-hmm. plant, this rosary plant. And I have a rosary from her, and it's, it's very dear to me. Um, I have a, a, a small rosary from the rose petals on my great-grandfather's coffin, right? Yeah. On, and so uh, they would dry them, and then they would make mm-hmm. a rosary out of the uh, rose petals. Um, and I think it, 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 which is another reason why every generation needs a prayer warrior, Needs needs a, a a prayer giant because I th- that's what I connect with when I think of of that Adam. You know, as we tell these stories, I'm just thinking in my head. And in, in, in the brief story I told, my grandmother, Mr. Charlie Maher, who was the coordinator of servers at St. Francis of Assisi when I was growing up, who you know, he he held me to a, a high standard. You know, don't slouch. And he told all the servers that, but he knew he he, he always told me he's like, there's something about you. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to a, an even higher standard. He's the reason I went to mass so much. Probably when you know my brother stopped going and I learned that walking away was an option. He was one of the reasons I stayed with it. Um, I think of Father. Gary, who was our uh, Franciscan priest when I was in high school, who tragically passed away in a drowning accident a few years ago. And and those are just three people, I think, as I tell the story of, you know, going to grandma's after school, getting involved in the parish, who need prayers this month of November. And telling these stories and remembering these things, mm-hmm. it, it reminds me, you know, I never knew my grandparents, but I could pray for them. As we keep their memories alive, one of the important things that reminds us is it's not just about remembering them, but it's about remembering to pray for them. And we have this wonderful opportunity through November 8th to uh, work for an indulgence for the souls in purgatory, and not for ourselves. You know, normally we think you can get this for yourself, or you can apply it to yourself, or you can apply it to a soul in purgatory. But we shared this article yesterday from the National Catholic Register that every year, these eight days, November 1st through 8th, the Church grants a plenary indulgence that can be applied only to the souls in purgatory. Uh, by going to devoutly visit a cemetery and pray, if only mentally, for the departed, or on All Souls Day, according to the ordinary on the Sunday preceding it or following it, devoutly visit a church or an oratory and recite in Our Father in the Creed. Uh, you have to do the other works of an indulgence, receiving Holy Communion, uh, being in a state of grace, um, which might mean going to confession, praying for the Holy Father. Um, but who are these people I could do this for? You know, you have eight days, I believe, you know, and with indulgences, I think you get one indulgence a day. So in these remaining, you've got today through the eighth, that's five. Who can you go pray for at their gravesite? Who can you go do this? And even if you're not praying for the, the plenary indulgence, maybe you've applied that to someone today. They still benefit from your prayers as well. Um, who are you praying for today in your memory? That's, that's a question I think we should all ask ourselves. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. We've got uh, one of my favorite Friday morning songs. It's an oldie but a goodie. It's uh, one I used to listen to in my headphones at my grandma's house called Away From You by the OC Supertones. Here's a little throwback on a Friday morning. Vocation prayer for youth. Oh, Holy Spirit, spirit of wisdom and divine love, impart your knowledge, understanding, and counsel to youth that they may know the vocation wherein they can best serve God. Give them courage and strength to follow God's holy will, 
guide their uncertain steps, strengthen their resolutions, shield their chastity, fashion their minds, conquer their hearts, and lead them to the vineyards where they will labor in God's holy service. Amen. Dan Vonderhaar just made a comment about his first experience with Christian Ska here on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. How are you not happy after listening to that? That's why we play it on Friday mornings. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright, joined by Dan Vonderhaar and Corey Grizzle. Uh, This month we're remembering the dead, and I did clarify during the break um, you know, with a priest friend of mine that you can only get one indulgence per day. You can only get, it's a, I'm presuming here, you, you can only go for one indulgence a day. It's not even a great way of saying it either. Um, and, and let's rest assured here, even if we, we don't obtain a full plenary indulgence, a partial indulgence is also a good thing. You know, if, if someone's, say someone made, I, I think of my babysitter growing up, she made the best gooey butter cake ever. If she said, Adam, I can't give you the whole gooey butter cake do you still want a piece? I would say yes. You know, I would not turn down a piece. I would exactly. still say yes. And that's nothing in comparison with temporal remission for the, the consequences of sin. Um, we're also talking about saints this month. All Saints Day was the other day. You know, going around trick-or-treating the other night, uh, one of our kids grabbed her big giant stuffed fish because she didn't want to wear a costume. Her original costume was very uh, cold if it was going to be 20 degrees out. And people are like, who are you? She said, I'm St. Amelia. Who's St. Amelia? Well, I'm St. Amelia. St. Amelia, by the way, rode across the river on the back of a fish like yeah. a surfer. Um, a patron saint of those with broken arms and, and uh, impairments of the arm or ailments of the arm. And she was a uh, consecrated virgin, died at the age of 31. That's just one, you know, uh, one saint out there. But uh, who are some of the saints that are important to you? And then, Dan, you brought this up, that you wanted to talk about adoration, which we do. We mm-hmm. adore God, mm-hmm. but we venerate saints. Yeah, yeah. And while there's some similarities, there's still a, a chasm of difference there. Yeah, there's uh, there's, there's a, a big difference. Um, in terms of saints, I'm a big St. Joseph fan. Mm-hmm. I inherited that from my mother, right? as a matter of fact, talking about you know prayer warriors and, 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 and generational spirituality. Um but I think it is important because a lot of our, our Christian friends, um, this is a, a tough point for them. You know, they, they, they love us and they know us, but there's things they just don't get. And this in particular is one of them. And one of the conversations I'll have with them is I'll just simply say, hey, is, is the goal of our Christian life to, to imitate Jesus? Yes, absolutely. And Jesus is God and Jesus never sinned. Of course, yeah, we're all in agreement there, which means he held to the Ten Commandments perfectly. Yeah, obviously, yes, he did, including number four, which is honor your mother and father. So why don't we honor Jesus's mother and imitate him exactly in that way? And that always kind of, for me, that's a simple one, two, three, four. I can keep that linear logic going right? and, and it makes sense for me. And that you know, coming up with that kind of logic just kind of helped me start to develop a relationship uh, mm-hmm. to honor and, and venerate holy people like the saints. Yes. And, and um, you know, teaching my children uh, um, all about the saints and all about their faith and, and being able to read their stories with them. And I get to learn a whole lot about saints I didn't realize. I mean, talking about St. Amelia, I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, there's so many saints that you can have a connection with or have a devotion to because of whatever's going on in your life at that moment 
Or you can just have one saint that you just continually go to. All the There's time. always always these interesting connections. So I did not know that about Saint Amelia either. Right. Uh, and I have broken my arms four times <laughs> growing up, and uh, and I married someone named Amy. So yeah. I, uh, somehow, somehow this is all coming somehow together. You... Who, by the way, quick shout out is listening with her uh, kindergarten teacher friends at Saint Peter's in Kirkwood. Hello, Hello. Mary, Carol and Sheila. Good morning. Yeah. So that's a good morning to you. That's that's so great. I love yeah. I love finding out where people are listening at and yeah. uh, St. Peter another great. I, I identify with St. Peter quite a bit. Uh, not <laughs> not the parish. It's a great parish. It's yeah. a, a fantastic <laughs> parish, but more so the the you know one minute he's like doing the amazing and you are Peter upon this rock I'll build my church and the next minute it's what did you do? Get behind me Satan, you know. <laughs> I identify with yeah. St. Peter yeah, quite yeah. a bit. And I'm like if he can be the first pope, there there's hope for exactly. me. Exactly. There's <laughs> right. a, they do a great thing. Uh, at St. Peter's. So the fifth graders dress up as saints mm-hmm. for a day. And then um, uh, as they go through the uh, song, singing for the saints, you know, all holy people pray mm-hmm. for us. The, when they name the saint, the saint as they dressed up with, you know, comes forward yeah. uh, during the liturgy. And it's just, it's a great, great thing. And some of the kids get really creative yeah. with their saint costumes. Which I think is a very cool thing. Can, can I give some homework on a Friday morning here? I mean, that's oh. it's like we've already had a day off school this week. Because we're Catholic, and, and it's the joy of being Catholic. Yeah. You had a day on school Amen. this week. Yeah, but you never get homework on Fridays, right? Find out who your patron saints are. I've, I've done this before when I used to work with the, the parish school. Um, I gave the kids some homework one time, and I said, report back to me. You don't have to write a paper. We're just next week when we come together for our—it was liturgical music. Every Wednesday afternoon at 2, we practiced the songs for Mass. And the week before All Saints Day, I said, hey, I want to challenge you. Go find out about your patron saints. Well, Mr. Wright, what do you mean? Well, what what saint's feast day is on your birthday? Um, what saint are you named after? What, what what church were you baptized in and who's that saint? What what do you like to do? And just go online. And so the computer teacher heard me say this. Is, oh, I got my project for the week now in computer <laughs> class, how to search the internet, you know? And they come back and they're like, Mr. Wright, did you know there's a patron saint of soccer? And I'm like, yeah, who is it? And they're like, it's this saint. And I'm like, did you know there's a patron saint for this? And I'm like, no, who's that? Oh, it's this saint. And, and, and the point in all of that is, um, I love this Fulton Sheen quote that I, I, I sent to a few people yesterday, right? that said, uh, where is it here? As we enter heaven, we will see them. So many of them coming toward us and thanking us. We will ask who they are and they will say, a poor soul you prayed for in purgatory. But at that point, they're going to be a saint if they're in heaven. You know, mm-hmm. We may know them by name, we may not. But I like to think that the saints are up there cheering for us. Like, you know, I often compare it to my first time going to the new professional soccer team down here, the, the, the fan section mm-hmm. uh, that's just chaos and crazy. The drums are banging, the chants are chanting, the flags are waving. That every time we choose conversion, every time we choose Jesus, every time we grow in holiness, every time we grow closer to him, that the drums start going yeah, off and all the flags start with, you did it! And that that's the church I want to be a part of. Yeah, right? and, yeah that's what I want to be. And, and, and that's we're where there. it comes back to what you're saying, Dan, about uh, yesterday when we were talking about veneration versus adoration. Like, we adore God. God is God. The saints are not God. And I think all the saints w- would tell us if, if we had the chance to ask them, no, I am not God. That's God right there. Adore God. But we still go to the saints and we say, listen, you, you lived out, you know, St. Amelia, broken arms. You lived out suffering through a broken arm. Well, when our Amelia broke her arm this summer, you know, that was actually, look, you're, you're named saint. Your patron <laughs> saint is the patron saint of broken That's arms. Great. Ask her to pray for you. And we've got all these saints that are connected with us in one way or another that we can go to each and every day and ask for their prayers. You struggle with lust, St. Augustine. You know, St. Augustine, you know what it was like. Could you pray for me? You know, so on and so forth. It's such a beautiful 
beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the fact that these saints, like St. Peter, right? You can identify with St. Peter because of the mistakes that he made and, and because of the redemption that Jesus gave him, right? So the same thing with if we study the lives of the saints, these were people that walked on earth. They were not divine. We can relate to all of these or some of them, right? We can relate to the ones and we read their stories and go, oh my gosh, that is just like me or that is exactly what I'm feeling or that that is exactly what I need to do. I need to be more like this person who was struggling with the same things I'm struggling with and then turn to God and said, I need, I need you to help me. I need however, whatever it was, you know, and usually it's getting knocked off their horse or usually it's just something terrible happens and they turn to God. And so that's why we read the lives that, that we just want to follow that. Yeah. Well, before we go to the break here, I want to share with you a quote from another favorite saint, St. John Vianney. I actually saw this on the the hallway, on the wall of the hallway at St. John Vianney High School here in St. Louis at a high school night a few weeks ago. We are each of us like a small mirror in which God searches for his reflection. And uh, I think as we look to the saints, we're, we're not just looking for who they were. We're looking for that reflection of God as well. And we want to grow closer with him because the whole goal of all of this, the goal of this radio show, the goal of this life is to get to heaven and to become a saint, not because it makes us cool, but because it means we're spending eternity with the God who created us and loved us. Here is Mac Powell with River of Life. As we go to the break, we're going to also get you the weather and the daily dose of encouragement, and then we'll be back to wrap up the show after all of that. A most commendable indulgenced prayer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, shower copiously thy blessings on thy holy church, on the Supreme Pontiff, and on all the clergy. Grant perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten infidels, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, assist the dying, liberate the souls of purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, most kind, bless us now and in death's agony. From a sudden and unprovided death, deliver us, O Lord. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. This is a week that I wish could go on forever because I love learning about these Eucharistic miracles, especially where science intersects faith. And here with one last Eucharistic miracle for us on the Daily Dose of Encouragement this week is Patty Schneier. Well, there's so many miracles to look up, and I actually want to combine two miracles in one here because they're similar. They're two very recent miracles. The first one is in Tixla, Mexico. Happened in 2006. October 21st, 2006, at St. Martin of Tours Parish. It was during a retreat for his parishioners, Father Leopoldo and another priest were just distributing communion, and they were assisted by a religious sister. The sister turned toward the priest with the pics, looking at Father with tears in her eyes as the host she had taken to give to a lady parishioner had begun to effuse a reddish substance. The bishop convened a theological commission between 2009 and 2012, which reported, number one, the reddish substance analyzed corresponds to blood, in which there are hemoglobin and DNA of human origin. Number two, studies by two different forensic experts have shown that the blood originates from the interior, excluding the hypothesis that someone could have just placed it on the exterior of the host. Number three, the blood type is AB. We've seen it before. Number four, 
The underlying internal layers reveal in February 2010 the presence of fresh blood. Number five, white blood cells were found in the tissue, which is heart tissue, and the tissue is lacerated. Once again, human DNA was found, and usually when human DNA is present, the genetic profile can be automatically obtained. Interestingly, this is I find fascinating, in all of the studies performed on the images of blood or in the consecrated hosts that have blood, the presence of DNA was found. But when the work of sequencing to extract the genetic profile was done, they were never able to obtain it. Here is where science halts, but where theology takes over. Jesus does not have a biological father. His father is the Holy Spirit. Hence, it is not possible to obtain his genetic profile. Wow. When I read that, I just literally said, bam, it's so incredible, the seamless truth of our faith. I just find that just incredible. Finally, I have to talk about the Eucharistic miracle of Legnica, Poland in 2013. Again, we got to go to all these places around the world. Very similar to the miracle in Buenos Aires. A host was accidentally fell to the ground during the distribution of communion. It was placed in a container with water closed in the tabernacle. After two weeks, the host had not dissolved and a red spot had appeared. Over time, the stain changed color from deep red to brown. And then the sample was taken to scientists who found DNA. And in their report, they said it's similar to heart muscle with alterations that often appear during agony. These results are all similar to the results of Lanciano in 750 AD, Buenos Aires in 1996, and Tixla in 2006 in Mexico. Over time, over continents, over numerous tests, they all reveal the same. Our Lord is present in the Eucharist. He is alive. He's giving us his beaten body and his pierced heart. So let's start talking about science and the Eucharist with our family members, with friends, and give yet another reason why we love our Catholic faith. Patty, this has been just an incredible week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And if you would like to share the stories of these miracles, these true stories with someone, by all means, share the Daily Dose of Encouragement podcast with them on their favorite podcast player or by visiting ourcatholicradio.org. We look forward to next week. True story, Tuesday night, uh, my son went out with a bunch of his friends and we gave him the phone that we issue. I don't say his phone. It's the phone that we issue. He signs it out, right? <laughs> and I said, just let us know. You know you know the rules. Stay within this perimeter. Stay with your friends. If you Don't hesitate to call. And if I call, you answer. And so at a certain point, it's been a while. We haven't been in touch. And I, I call him and I say, you know, what's the plan? Oh, we just finished going around the neighborhood. We're at so-and-so's house, we're trading candy, and then uh, my buddy and I are going to walk home. And I said, well, would you like me to come pick you up? It's like 20 degrees outside. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, I know you're at so-and-so's house, and I remember roughly, I know the street they're on. I even know the half of the, the quarter of the street. I forget their house number. What's their house number? I don't know. And I said, well, well, can you ask? And he goes, no, no, hold on, hold on, and just hold on. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he said... I'm looking it up on the Maps app on the phone where I'm at, you know? And I'm like, well, is your friend not there? Oh, yeah, right here. 
<laughs> you could ask your friend. No, no, no. I got it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm looking up on the map now. I love this for a couple of reasons. One, it's, it's it's him being proud of like I know how to use technology. I can deduce this, which is a good skill to have as a parent. I'm glad my son can figure out where he's at. But it often reminds me of going back to our homework that we gave before the break of find out who your patron saints are and ask for their intercession. Ask them to pray for you. You know, are we gonna be stubborn and say no, no, no? I'll figure it out. Or are we going to turn to those who you know, have figured it out and say, can you help her brother out? Could you lend me a hand? Could you tell me where I'm at and where to go from here? Because, you know, they want you to be a saint, mm-hmm. too. Uh, Dan, you were saying during the break, how often do we go to the batting cage and imitate the stance of Stan Musial or Albert Pujols or whoever it may be, but we don't live our spiritual life imitating yeah. The Saints. Yeah, we do the All Stars. We, we do this imitation in every other part of our life, right? We we do it in athletics. We do it in business, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm following Find the experts. The, I'm following this expert, right? Yep. And and they've been down this road before, and I can emulate that. Um, you know, we do it in so many areas of our life. We do it in parenting, right? right? We see somebody doing it well. Mm-hmm. You know, how did your kids turn out so good? You know, what did you know, what's the what secret? Did you do? Yeah. Let's apply that to our spiritual life. And the way to do that is through the lives of the saints. Yeah, because those experts had the same goals that we do. We have, our, our goals are to be the best in our business or to be the most efficient or to be the best parent. And so our goals now are to get to heaven. And so how do we get to heaven but, but you know, read about the saints that apply to us? You know who's the worst? I, I don't know that I want to say the worst, but you know who's notorious for this? Musicians. Well, you know, this guitar is the same exact type of guitar that so-and-so played on this album with the same effects pedals and this and that. Like, I have the same gear. The other reality of that is, though, you, you may have the same gear. You're not going to be on, like, I have all the same gear. I was just going to say, not sound just the like the talent. <laughs> You're not Eric Clapton. <laughs> no, that is true. Uh, but I, I often go back to a quote that uh, my, my good friend Father Wade shared with us on the show, and that's a paraphrase of St. Thomas Aquinas. Humility is knowing your place and occupying it. And uh, that's the other thing is don't get frustrated. You know, like I, if, if all my priest friends got frustrated that they weren't the cure of ours, I, I would say, hey, but you're not. You're the, you're the cure of uh, whatever parish you're in. And you're called to live your life as you uh, imitating perhaps St. John Vianney, one of your patrons, but you aren't St. John Vianney. And I, the other thing Father Wade says that I love is that just as the saints were the contemporaries of their time living a life of holiness in, in the world, we're called to be the contemporaries of our time. So we have to take the lessons we learn from them, but we have to apply them to our lives. It's not just imitation for the sake of imitation. It's learning and adapting and critical thinking. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Mary, Queen of all saints. Pray Pray for for us. us. Saint Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray Pray for for us. us. Saint Amelia. Pray Pray for us. Saint John Vianney. Pray Pray for us. All holy men and women, saints of God. Pray Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we've got uh, some great stuff in store next week. You'll just have to tune in then to find out what it is. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Corey Grizzle. I'm Dan Vonderhart. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. And don't forget, if you like this episode or any of our episodes, you can go to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast wherever you get your podcast or by visiting ourcatholicradio.org. Click like, click subscribe, click share. All those algorithms work their thing. And then the show goes out to more people. And maybe we help bring the gospel even farther than we did today. And also, don't forget, pray your rosary today.